What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you. Rad Parenting episode number 60 with my co-host, Anaya, Anaya Bogue. Bogue. And wow, 60? 60. That's incredible. Yeah. We've had such a good time. We never celebrated 50, so I felt like today I'd mention you that it's 60. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. 60 <laughs> episodes we've done. Yeah, it's awesome. It's crazy. We've had a lot of fun. No one does anything 60 times. Do they? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> 60 episodes that you and I have sat in each other's faces and just basically talked about Got down to it. We've gotten down to it. We've gotten down to it. And uh, I want to let you guys know, too, that uh, we want to thank everyone for all of the texting that's going on. It's very, very simple. All you do is text the word parenting to 313131, and uh, we let you know about everything that's going on here at Rad Parenting. This week, I actually sent out the show link, so it just goes directly to you. You can click on it. You can listen to the show. Also, anything that we're giving away, we gave away Anaya's book. Uh, last week, we gave away my comedy record, which um, we're doing pre-orders on that still. And if you're interested in hearing my comedy, because yeah, you think I'm funny on this show, because I feel like I have to bring the humor to it a lot of times. Anaya brings... Because <laughs> Anaya's not funny. No, Anaya is funny, but you're... <laughs> Your gig is you actually bring some like real the, the serious stuff. The, well, the meat, you know, to the mm. thing, and I kind of just, you know, it's like a salad. Lighten I, it up. I lighten it up a little bit. I'm the dressing, which is good. There you go. <laughs> I like I it. Yeah, I, everything in my life's an analogy. Okay. Life is like a salad. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what I want to have on my like epitaph. Joe, here lies Joe Sib. Life is like a salad. Life. Life is a salad. How about whose life was that? Okay, anyway, yeah, let's get on all with right. it. With all that said, uh, if anyone wants to order my record, I'd be super, super stoked. You can go to iTunes right now, and you can pre-order it for eight bucks. Just type in Joe Sib. And um, what we're trying to do is I'm trying to have the number one comedy record when Which it comes out. Which would be so bomb. Yeah. How funny would that be? It'd be amazing. Because people will be like, who's Joe Sib? And he has the number one comedy record. But it's simple because – check it out, though. You know how many – you know how – you'd only have to sell like – I think it's like 300 uh, copies. I don't, in, in I don't know that we want everybody to know that. I think it's just so much more impressive to be like, I have the number one comedy no, record. No way. I want all our <laughs> listeners to know because check it out, you guys. I'm I'm a middle-aged man with a dream. And if I don't, if I could have the number one comedy record, I could die happy. I'd be so stoked. That'd be amazing. And it's a family-friendly uh, record. Yes. It's not like squeaky clean, but there's no swear words on it. Yep. It's every, good stuff. Yeah, everyone told me that I should mention that because I know a lot of people, you listen to comedy in the car and it's always a bum out when like your kids, you know, you, you even with Sirius XM, sometimes you drift into like, yeah. I don't know, like Raw Dog or one of those stations and you're like, oh my gosh, this bit is so funny, but it is not appropriate for my four-year-old. Right. My or, record's or, or there are going to be questions that come out of this that I'm just not ready to answer. There you go. Yet. There you go. Hey, and speaking of questions, that's going to drift right into today's show. Yeah, nice. Uh, you and I were talking during coffee before the show and you were talking about this article that was uh, in Time, I believe. Yes. So t the on Time Online, their online Time Online. Version, yep. And I want to give a shout out to the author, but the, the thing was that this these questions that we're going to ask each other live, or mm -hmm. you're going to ac actually yeah. put me on the spot, yeah. um, are like seven questions mm -hmm. that couples uh, should have asked each other before, before having, having children. Kids. Yes. So the actual title is Seven Things My Husband and I Should Have Discussed Before We Had a Kid. Um, and the, the author's name is Jancy Dunn, D-U-N-N. -N. Um, but what I love also is that she has a, a book with a title that's as provocative as mine, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, which I'm going to have to check out just to know what this lady has to say. One more time on the title. 
love that. I'm not even sure how, not to, how hate... not to hate your husband after kids. Okay. Okay. So Janice done. And I have a feeling that some of the questions we're going to broach might have something to do with that. So, so yeah, so I thought it was really cool. And it's actually, when I, re- as I read the article, I'm like, really, there's nine questions here instead of seven. And I think it would be really fun for us to sort of put these questions on the table and uh, maybe I'll ask them of you and okay. then I can give you my two cents if you want them um, in terms of no, my no, perspective. But well, what I think we'll do is for everyone listening, uh, you'll be answering the question kind of how you would mm-hmm. and I'll answer my way. And, and once okay. again, uh, I'm going to, I always have to preface this because we talk about so many topics on this show and I know I'm probably just super sensitive to it, but I guess these will just be like my opinions. Well, of, always. I think, yeah. look, everything is, is, and I, I did the same thing with my book. It's like, not every, you're not going to agree with everything that we have to offer, and uh, and that's totally fine. And my feeling always when we do this show is, if somebody listening takes one thing away that they wouldn't have otherwise had, that's a win. So yeah, totally, same thing applies totally. to this. Okay, so seven questions that Karen and I should have talked about before, before we had before our two kids. wonderful children. Okay, question number one. Okay, question, and, and I'm also going to say that this is not to make you or anyone feel like if you're already well into parenting that this is just all a loss. I think. That all of these questions are really thought provoking and conversation starting, and it would be awesome. You can still sit down with your partner, you know, after you hear this or listen to it together, and be like, "Oh, okay, so what adjustments could we make?" Because yeah, we should have talked about this. We didn't. Where do we go from here? Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, once once your kids are here, like there might even be a question you're going to ask me right now that I'm like, "Wow, you know, we're currently talking about." That. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. Good. So, so the first one is, um, will we take turns waking up with the baby in the night? And she makes the point of saying, you know, because a lot of people want to be like, well, if my wife is breastfeeding or if, you know, I'm the one who's breastfeeding, then, you know, obviously I'm going to do it. But really having having breastfed two babies, it's still a lovely thing when your partner, you know, hears the baby and gets up and just brings him or her to you so that you don't have to come out of a full sleep, you know, to, to nurse the baby. Even if it was like, if the baby's up every three hours or something, it's like, I'll, I'll pick him or her up the first time, you do it the second time. So anyway. So that's your answer. So, uh, <laughs> no, I was just trying to qualify that a lot of people, I think, dismiss this question because okay. they yeah. think, well, if you're the one nursing, then it makes more sense for you just to get up. I'll just yeah. stay asleep. Yeah. So what would you have, you and Karen have, or what was okay, your- Okay, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'll tell you what we did and then and it mirrors what we said we were going to do. I totally got up all the time and brought Chessa or Nathan into the bedroom or uh if she was went in there to nurse just you know i'd always get up and be like are you cool Um, not gonna lie that i sometimes you know would say (laughs) are you cool and she might start to answer and i would wander back to bed but you know just (laughs) because i thought you said you were cool yeah uh but no definitely i felt my gig was uh she was keith richards she needed her guitar so i went and got it you, you know like, like nice i was mick you're i was so like here good. you go so, this is why you're still married after yeah, all these years i think so yeah. no but definitely that was and i knew going into it that that was going to be my gig i always felt that um the, and this is what i would say to all the dads that are listening right now in the first few years of being a father, you truly are a roadie for your wife and a roadie for your son or daughter Mm -hmm. with, and I'm saying your gear is baby bags, uh, getting uh, diapers ready, the Mm -hmm. diaper genie, making sure that's right. You know, just all of those things. I feel when dads go, oh, you know, there's just nothing for me to do and I don't have a connection. And I get that because that connection that the, your child has with mom at the beginning is, is super 
right there because mm-hmm. they've been inside that person. So yeah. it's, just, it's just there. Yeah. But even, you know, I even knew as a dude that had no formal training at all in having kids that I just felt right now, you know, it's not about me, mm-hmm. which was super probably like weird for me because it's always been about me. And that was like <laughs> the first time that I'm like, you know, yeah. hey, check it out, bro. It ain't about you. Yeah. It's about this baby and and you helping your partner get through this because she's also figuring it out. Yeah. So I just, I went into roadie mode. Like if you ask Karen, she would say like, you to, you were like tour managing our our baby and me. Mm-hmm. And I just that's I just fell into that. That was just me. And and let me just so And it probably got me through not feeling involved because I felt and I still felt like I had Right. It got you over the hump of feeling I, yeah. am I is there going to be a room room for me and in I'm, this? I'm a yeah. person I just got to be busy so like yeah. if I like you know I'm the person like I'm busy today so mm-hmm. that means I'm doing things so I felt like as a dad and I'm just speaking to the partners out there that are they're helping their partners maybe in this this first stage of it or about to. Yeah. Um Having that extra set of hands and just yeah. being there, and and also not talking the whole time, like letting your partner figure out the nursing and all yeah. of that. Which someday we got to do a show on that, but uh, that felt it helped me feel involved. There you go. And I think that that is really important, not only for the the other partner, like the non primary. Yeah. You know, uh, I I want to be sensitive to like you know you could be having you know a baby might you might have adopted the baby you know Absolutely. whatever. So, um, but a couple things. One, uh, I do think it's important for the other partner to feel involved, even if he or she didn't carry the baby. Um, I think it's also really great for the baby. There's a bond that's established. So in my case, because my second baby was. Uh, over 11 pounds, and I so I had to have an emergency C-section, and it also meant that because when you have a C-section, you can't pick up anything over 10 pounds. So what that meant was that my husband did all of the like getting her out of her crib when she woke up and she was crying and needed to be nursed, all of the diaper changing for the first like eight weeks, six to eight weeks, and I can see the impact that had in terms of his bond with her going both ways. So it, it, it can be a really beautiful thing. The other thing, although I think you know. To be fair, I think it's something that is important to talk about because there may be practical circumstances. So if, you know, dad, I'll just go with dad for now, doesn't have the benefit of paternity leave and he has to get up and go to work in the morning, you may have a conversation that says, well, you know what, I'll... I, as the mom, you know, even though I'm going to be also be with the baby all day, you have to get up and be able to go to work and be fresh. So, you know, let, let me do this and I'll just reach out if I need your help. Yeah. I'm going to say right now that, uh, if you can make that happen, I've heard about couples that have done that, like so-and-so needs to sleep because they need to go to work. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there being transparent. That never happened in our house. To this day, it still doesn't and, happen. And I could have a flight because I got to be in Chicago, yeah. and if so-and-so's sick, I'm going to be in there with yeah. them, and then you know, my wife will be like, oh, God, I feel bad that you didn't get to sleep, or the same thing with her. Yeah. You know, it'll be reversed. Like, you know, it's, I've never seen um, the impact of what's going on in the household at that night not be the priority and mm-hmm. then everyone's sleep. Hence the reason why if you look at photos of my wife and I before kids, we look awesome. <laughs> like we find photos of us and we're like, who are, who these, are people? these people? And then it looks after like having kids and the sleep mm-hmm. deprivation, mm-hmm. it looks like we just have been drinking Jack Daniels like straight out of a warm bottle and smoking Marlboros. What? Like our faces just look so <laughs> bad. 
So, okay. Yes. Okay. I felt like that question. Yep. Uh, no, which is one other thing I'm going to say, which would be, this is a really nice tip for, 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 for dad if mom is nursing anytime, but especially in the middle of the night. If you want to do a little something to help out because you can't be the one to actually be feeding the baby in those first three months, anybody who's had a baby knows how hard they are. Just say, I'm going to get you some water because a nursing mom, if you've ever nursed a baby, you know that like within seconds of the milk coming down and the baby starting to nurse, you are parched. And so just making sure she has a glass of water is something that is just a way of sharing the experience or sharing the burden, if you will. And so that's just my little gift to you. I love okay. that. Okay. So that's the first one. First so the question. second question is, will we allow co-sleeping? And so just to be clear mm -hmm. about co what co-sleeping, I mean, in its sort of most mm, traditional or full-blown form, it would be like, the the bed the marital bed if you will gosh that sounds so old and dated so Dick Van Dyke is becomes <laughs> like, the family bed so okay. instead of like you know baby has his or her own crib in his or her own room um, we the the baby sleeps in in bed with us so okay. let's, there there it is that's the uh, okay so I'm gonna say what this is what we never had that conversation we that was one that we never had it, it was just I think what ended up happening was we were we were concerned with um, our children, you know, our, our babies, infants sleeping through the night. So mm -hmm. that was on our mind already. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we went for the, they have a crib in their own room mm -hmm. and they're going to uh, begin sleeping in there. And then um, what ended up happening was both children, you know, had their own rooms and their, and their own beds and everything like that. But what ended up happening, um, I would say with both of them in their like, and I don't know how, so they weren't, that we didn't have the family bed. I mean, obviously when the infant, you know, when my daughter came home from the, from the, the hospital, mm -hmm. yeah, we had the, the baby care. Bassinet. Yeah. That was in bed, yep. you know, for like the first couple weeks, yep. you know, but, um, it never was like, Hey, we're all going to, you know, crash in here together. Right. Uh, but what did happen was there wasn't, um, any rules with like, mom, dad, can I sleep with you? Yeah, sure. Right. You know. So and so might fall asleep in there. Yeah, and I used to have a joke that I said that for me because I'm a super light sleeper, I would fall asleep in you know my wife and I would go to bed together, and then such and you know around midnight, so and so would wander in, <laughs> and then they would get in there and they'd start you know doing sheet karate. Yeah, they would wake me up. Doesn't yep. wake up my wife, and <laughs> then I would say, okay, cool, I'm going to go in their bedroom. So I, now I'm in say my son's bed, and then my daughter would be like, Dad, I'm afraid. And I go, okay, cool. So then I go in there, and then she starts doing the sheet karate, and then I I, I remember sometimes waking up and and having that moment where you're like, where where am, am I? I? And then in, for like a few seconds going, okay, I start in my bed. I went like I had slept in four different rooms. <laughs> in one night. Yeah, and I know that there's other parents out there that have done that too. So to, to just answer your question, there was never, we never discussed a real sleeping plan except mm -hmm. we did know that we wanted both kids to have the um, their own room and yep. their own uh, ability to sleep alone. Mm -hmm. But it was all bets off on Friday nights and it was all bets off on, hey, we just watched a movie, we're gonna all sleep on the couch. Yeah. Christmas time, we always... To this day, uh, everyone will like, like, hey, we're gonna sleep around the tree. So, like, Aww, there's three people down that's there. That's so fun. Yeah, still do it. I love it. Still do it. I still love do it. it. So, there you go. Okay. Did I answer good? So, yeah, I think I think you did. I mean, I think what's important is to have the conversation and to look. And sometimes the conversation requires that you do a little bit of 
of research. And a lot of these topics come out of like, what was my experience or what have, what have we heard about other parents trying or, or whatever. And I think it's just really important to look at like, what are your values? What do each of you think is important? Because where some people are like, you know, like attachment parenting, which is closely related to the whole co-sleeping approach. There's other, other families. And I definitely come from the, the perspective that I think that as I've said many times, my goal as a parent was to help my kids be as independent as possible to not need me. And so while, you know, even now when my daughter, my little one wakes up and she's had a nightmare and she wants to crawl in bed, there's no problem. But it's always been my objective to help her to be able to sleep on her own and not be afraid to be in her own room. And and then I would say that the other thing we have to remember, and everyone listening knows that I'm an advocate for like, the relationship still needs to remain a priority. And for a lot of of co-sleeping couples, um, for obvious reasons, it can start to hinder your ability to connect, your intimacy, the frequency of your sex life, whatever, when your kids are literally in bed with you. So that is something to think about. It's not like uh, so many people are inclined to be like, well, it's all about the kids, but remember that if your relationship goes south because you're not also nurturing that relationship, then you know all of a sudden how well the kid is doing is also going to be impacted. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And I would... Just really quick, touching on that right there, my advice to new parents, and I would say my, my advice to just any new parent that that your intimacy and who you were as a couple before children, hey, if there's couples out there that are like, never affected us, you know, we're still on track and, you know, game on. I'd be yeah. like, wow, that that's amazing. And and I'm, I'm super stoked for you. Yeah. Uh, I would say for what I learned as a man and as, as a dad and as a father was there's, there's such an emotional um, uh, involvement on your partner's end for the mother mm-hmm. or, you know, or just your partner that is maybe the primary person taking care yeah. of like your children. Yeah. Um, that 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 involvement was so strong that I didn't. There wasn't a, a lot left over for me. Yeah. And I at, at first it took a lot to like understand that to like, not take it personally. To not take, I mean, to yeah. not take. I mean, dude, it was full. On, did I just call you, dude? Sorry. It's okay. I, I took it full on personal. Like, yeah. how can this even be? And right. looking back on it now, in that those early years, it it just it was it was like my you know I just felt that we were both like trying to be like air traffic controllers all yeah. day long. You know yeah. how those people like only can do that job for a certain yes. amount of time and then they retire. Yes, It was the same. Like, you know, you're going to, all right. So we've just been dealing with things and trying to raise this little person. It's our first time being parents. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be intimate on mm-hmm. top of it. it. And then once we both realized that we had to put uh, our personal relationship, mom and dad's relationship, we separated that from the kids. We had to literally go, hey, check it out. I'm into you and you're into me, but let's set aside time that we're going to go away. Even if it was for, I swear, an afternoon. Sure. Like we're going to go somewhere where we can be alone, you know, and, and, and it's only for the afternoon, not like some overnight trip where we're going to try to like jam in this weekend because that's impossible. And who has the cash for that? It would literally be like, okay, we're going to be alone, us, from 12 till 7. And honestly, doing that, like doing a little afternoon a week, that's That's just I can tell you right now. That will do more than once a year, we're going to go away for a whole week to Mexico or something. And jamming quality time when you don't even know the person anymore. Exactly. And I'm telling you right now, Ben, Karen and I are coming up on 19 years in May, 19 years married. Mm -hmm. And people, that I would say to you, 
And gosh, I'm kind of like a, I'd be like an expert on being married. Like, right? Yeah. You're getting there. Can sure. I get a degree from someone? Is, yeah. Like PhD? Do they give, what does it call when they just give you a degree? Even oh, uh, honorary. Like, yeah. yeah. Can I get that? Honorary for being... PhD for being married for 19 years. <laughs> no, but I would say. It's that becoming if, more and more rare. It yeah, is an accomplishment. I would just say this, that the, that kept our marriage together. Okay. And I'll tell you right now. There's going to be someone in the marriage that's going to fight having that half hour, or not that half hour, fighting to have that uh, that seven hours. Like, oh no, it's not going to work today. Oh like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. In, in, yep. On my side, yes. on their side, like, everybody and you needs have to, to be you have to be like, no, nope. schedule around it. You it's have a to. You literally have to almost like, no, sure. you're spending time with me. Yeah. And so that. So anyway, I th- and I think that the bottom line is because we've you know covered a lot yeah. in, on that question, but I think it's good and it's important. And the main thing is have a conversation about it. Like yeah. there will be less resentment if there's open communication about here's how I'm feeling about this. I'm feeling. I'm so, trying not to take this personally, but I'm super taking it personally that right now all of your attention is on the kids, and it's like I'm not even. Even here anymore. Yeah. So, what question are we at right now? Um, we are at that was number two. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out for yep. everyone on the treadmills and yep. traffic and everything. You're 20 minutes into the podcast, nice, and we still need to do another. Well, yeah, five questions. Yeah, let's okay, do this. Here okay, we go. we're on it. We're on it. Um, okay, number three. Who will stay home? This should be a quick one. Who will stay home with our child when she or he is sick? Whoever can. That's right. Period. Agreed. That, I think that's yeah. a pretty easy one. Like, Who, I can't even imagine that would be a question. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I'm just saying like, I, th- yeah, I can who, imagine that one of the things would come up yeah. is like, well, my, my job's less important than your job. Yeah. Like I can't take the day off. Okay. Okay. I didn't think of it that way. All right. So, okay. Yeah. I think, uh, okay. For the, this would be for, I was lucky enough that I worked, you know, for myself with side one. Mm-hmm. So if I needed to stay home, I could stay home. Yeah. Okay. I'm not taking into consider. I got to take into consideration. Mom and dad are both working now. Hey man, uh, you know, Tommy was sick last month and yeah. I stayed home. Now yeah. he's sick again. I think you just got to go back and forth. Yep. I think that's fair. fair I don't, I, I, if you, I think it's, you know, the only thing I would say is that if, if someone was like, and I'm just speaking for mom or dad or partner or partner, mm-hmm. that's like, dude, you know, if I miss one more day, they're, yeah. they're calling it a day. All right, well then, of you know course. what? Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, use and your I, head. And, so once again, yeah. don't default to assumptions. Have a conversation because even if it's going to be like a pretty straightforward, like you have way more flexibility in your day, you know, than than I do, or the kind of job you have, or whatever. Having the conversation and knowing that it's not just expected of the other person is what will also help to save your great, marriage and get great. you to 19 years. Okay. Number four, <laughs> how much time on, she, she calls them gizmos, will we allow? So that would be like screen time, iPod, I swear my gosh, I'm iPads, you know, yeah. TV, computer, screen time. whatever. Yep. Screen, screen time. time. I'll tell you right now, uh, before kids, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll be so honest on this, before kids, it's like none of that will happen in mm-hmm. my house. There's going to be no screen time. We, we, my kids won't even know what screen time is. And then something called sixth grade shows up, uh-huh. and there's a lot of screen time. Wow, and it you is made a, it to sixth grade? Yeah, I'm saying, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that where the world's at and with technology, how do you tell your children they can't have screen time when you're literally saying it to them while well, you're on a screen? Yeah. I mean, that is my biggest hurdle in my life right now. I will say this. A woman on a plane once said to me, keep the technology out of your kid's life as long as you possibly can because as soon as it does, it'll change your life. Uh, I thought, okay, whatever. Every day I think about what she said to mm-hmm. me because I, I'm not going to lie. I have been in this house and in my home and I'm on it, son's on it, daughter's on it, Karen's on it. And I just look at all of us and I, I go, and I, I, and then it turns into like, everyone give me your phones. And they're like, all right, what's wrong with this mm-hmm. guy? And I'm like, look at us right now. And mm-hmm. we have to throw it in a basket and then everyone, but, and it's hard, man. Yes. You know, with my oldest, I can get her off of it and she can hang. 
It's tougher with my son. There yeah. is, there is a, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, those those phones and everything technology is designed to fire those endorphins yeah. in your brain. And if and you and all of us know, you get a text, mm-hmm. you get a thumbs up, you get a little like, it feels good. Yeah, it's by. It was de- it was it was meant to Design. do that. To yeah, it's, and it's making Design me think actually of of food as you know because one of the things I was really good at was being very like really limiting with both my girls their uh, consumption of sugar and as a result they are both naturally like just not inclined to ingest a lot of sugar. And I feel like, wow, I could have probably done a better job with, in terms of their like tech palette and, and how accustomed they are to having access. I think it's different though. I think it's different because my mom was a diabetic when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. She Mm -hmm. still is. And I grew up with, I, we never, ever had sweets in our house. Mm -hmm. You know what a treat was in my house? Plain donuts. She would buy donuts, wow. plain, like they don't <laughs> yeah. have anything no, on no them. No sugar. And that was a big deal. Yeah. We never had sugar in our household. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a sugar person. Like yeah. I don't crave it. Your palate has not, I, it, is not trained it, That for it. did yeah. not develop. Yeah. I don't know how you do that with technology. I know there's parents listening to the show that could probably come on and tell us, this mm-hmm. is how you do it. Yeah. I just know that for my job, I know for your job, mm-hmm. I know for uh, a lot of people that are listening to the show, technology is a part of who I am and what I have to yeah, do. Our ways of just being in touch with people professionally and otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. And the only thing that I have done mm-hmm. is set up boundaries in the sense that there's days and there's certain times certain on those days of time. Yeah. that we say no to technology. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that I'll, I, I don't, I, that is the hardest battle and hardest thing for me as a dad is is the technology and the amount of the amount of screen time that yep. you're trying and it's tough because how do I tell my daughter who's 15 hey you know what's going on you're on your computer all the time she's like dad because all of her classes yes. are through the computer. Yes, the yes. school made her get a computer. Yeah, unless you're to... kind of off the grid at this point or like living in an Amish community, you probably uh, you it just it's almost un- unavoidable. Um, that being said, worthwhile conversation, set some intentions. And even if you just set the intention of like, okay, so nothing until they're two or nothing, whatever. I mean, that's something that's going to be a little easier for, the, for you to for manage. For the parents that have the toddlers, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I would totally, I would say- And then you, do your best. Yeah. Like do your best, I think, as with anything to not make it a crutch, to not be like, you know, yes, sometimes we need time and we need a place where they can be engaged or whatever, but just let's just, all things in moderation. Okay. Um, number five. How, ooh, this is a charged one. How do we feel about vaccines? So Oof. what what was that? Con- I know you and Karen did have that conversation. So yeah. what, was, what was your deal? Our deal was, well, once again, gosh, I feel like we were so naive when we had kids. Like all these questions you asked, we never once talked about any of them so far. Well, this is the kind of, and I think we should put it out there that, I mean, hopefully this is why this show will be beneficial to those who have not yet had kids, if you happen to be listening and you don't have kids yet. But I think the thing is, is like many things with parenting, there's certain things that even if somebody did tell you, they're not going to register until you're in it because nobody knows what it feels like to be a parent and all of the challenges along with all the joys until you are actually a parent. Yeah. So far, all of the questions you've asked me, we never really discuss. We had more discussions, like just a sidebar Mm -hmm. was um, Karen was really adamant that we weren't going to be the rock and roll family. (laughs) What did that mean? That meant, um, Joe, we're not taking our kids to Coachella. We're not Uh, taking uh them to, uh, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have the Led Zeppelin. You know, we're not going to have rock 
around them all the time. We don't need, you know, just because you're in the, you know, rock and roll business and, you know, I don't, we don't need that at our house. Mm -hmm. We don't, people don't need to come to our house and go, wow, this guy's a punk rocker and blah, blah, blah. And he, this is how. And so are his kids. Yeah. And so are his kids. (laughs) She was really, that was a conversation. It was a real important conversation to her. Like, and also music. She was like, look, you know, I want our kids, which hurt me, not hurt, but made me go, come on, I'm not a moron. Like, it wasn't like I was going to start jamming like Black Flag seven inches for these guys. But, you know, she was like, I really want them of a diverse background yes. in music. And I sure. was like, babe, you don't know this, but that I was raised on, I started, I started out with Jerry Vale, Ray Charles and all of that mm-hmm. and, and Jesus Christ Superstar and, and ABBA way before I got into what, you know, who I am today. Yeah. So- that was, but it's funny. That was a conversation that was super important to us. She just okay. didn't, she didn't and want And I think to... that one's going to connect nicely to like question number seven, okay. I think. Let me go back though to the- So let's do the vaccine. Okay, for the vaccine, this we'll is what I would say. And then we'll come back around to this. Um, the whole vaccine issue hadn't hit the tipping point that it has. Mm-hmm. It was just going in that direction. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, hey, maybe this is something that's correlated with you know uh, autism and, mm-hmm. and that, it hadn't gone down that road as yeah. strongly yet. So we were still in the stages of, gosh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And yeah. we went to our doctor uh, here in Los Angeles, Dr. Fleiss. He was amazing. And I just asked him, he was just such a cool guy. I said to him, I said, look, you know, with vaccines, what do we do? And he said, you know what? Just never do more than one a vaccine at a time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. And he, cause he said, you might, you can get a, like, I don't, it was like a hot batch or something. I don't know. Some, mm-hmm. Something can trigger. Right. And I said, oh, okay. And that's what we did. Right. So we never, you know. So you did like a yeah. moderate approach to Yeah. He was like, vaccination. If, if, with both kids, mm-hmm. it was like, they would come, you know, they would come in to get one and that was it. And then yeah. we'd come back in three months yeah. to get another and that was it. Yeah. Or we'd wait longer. Yes. Uh, and, and fortunately everything worked out. Yeah. He was also the same doctor that I got to give a shout out to that I was in Cabo San Lucas and my my son had a full on fever and we were freaking out and I was on this like surf trip with the family and I called I finally found a phone in Cabo. Uh-huh. Called Dr. Fleiss, got him on the phone. <gasps> wow. And, or he called me back. That's impressive. And they and I it got on the phone with me and he was so cool. He goes you know, my son is just sweating and Karen's freaking out. She's yeah. like, ask him what we should do. You know, this is crazy. Yeah. We're in Mexico and he's, he's got yeah. this fever. And the first thing Fly says to me is, what part of Cabo are you at? And I'm like, well, I'm right here. And he's like, oh yeah. Are you are you surfing old man's or zippers? And I go, yeah, dude. He goes, how is it breaking? I go, it's really good. It's like wow. in the morning. And then all of a sudden Karen's like, ask him about the fever. <laughs> what about the baby? Yeah, we started talking about surfing. And then the best thing he said, he goes, put him in the shower for a few minutes. His yeah. fever will come down. Yeah. He's got in there yeah. and sure enough, it went down. Yeah. And so. don't be too afraid of fevers. Like it's yeah. something to be taken I was so, seriously, yeah, but we also so it's your body doing its thing. All right. Okay, good. So yeah. So I would just say on 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 vaccines that it's just really important and, and there is a challenge here. It's really important to do research. I, I I think with any big decisions we're making for our kids, don't just make them by default. Don't just be like, well, that's what my parents did or that's what so-and-so does. Please do your own research. This is a supercharged topic. It can be difficult to research because there's a lot of like mixed information out there. Um I've 
wanted to do a show on it. I know you and I talked about we it. We should really get somebody in here yeah. to, to help out with that. And we prob- what probably is going to happen is we're probably going to need like two guests in here that kind of have differing views. Or I would love that. On, I would okay. love the pro yeah. and the and the, the, and con, the con. The, the yeah. Because there's like, some, there are some arguments on both sides that are really compelling. I would love so. that. I think that's what we kind of got to do. Okay. Okay. So talk about it. That's Go. the that's the, what I think our our bottom line on that one. Okay. Number six. When do we start saving for college? Oh, gosh. How can you? Mm-hmm. That's always what I say. Yeah. I don't know about everyone else, but I, you know, I remember this one parent, you know, back, I don't even know when it was. It was like, uh, they, you know, my kids were super young and mm-hmm. they were, they were like, oh gosh, you know, we're, you know, every month we put away this and we, and I, and they were telling me this number of money they have. And I was like, I just look, I was like, can I, how do you do that? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to make Trader Joe's happen right, right. now. Yeah. I, got, I, I just found out that the, <laughs> the, 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 our main line just broke. I just, yeah. the roof needs to be repaired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, and then, you know, uh, the, the so-and-so needs a tutor. Yeah. Uh, I don't even, where would I have that extra money? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, even right now, my daughter dropped on me. I want to go to Coachella. She had this whole pitch, and I said, "Okay, cool." So college is gone, and you get to go to Coachella. That's what, that's where we're at right now. You know, I mean, literally. And what? It, but I think it's but, also important. You shared with me what your dad said, and your yeah. dad is a person who has worked in higher education his for life. his whole life. His whole life. I think it was really an interesting perspective because yeah. it feels like an inside scoop to me. Yeah, for everyone listening, my dad's super, super smart man. He's he was at gosh, he was at UOP, he was at St. Mary's, he was at CIIS uh, for years. Super educated, amazing, well-spoken uh, man, and unfortunately, he had me as his son. So it was a real <laughs> tug of war between no. He used to say he wanted to do a study on the way I talk because his 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 PhD was in linguistics. Oh, yes. You know, the study of language. Like Noam he, Chomsky. Yeah, exactly. I used yep. to have a Norm Chomsky shirt when nice. I was a kid. Love it. But uh, no, my dad said something to me that I've that I've always just carried with me that coming from someone uh, as smart as him and has worked in education mm-hmm. his whole life, he said, he said, uh, Joe, when you have money for education, uh, as much as it is important to save, it's also important to spend it at the time that Front you loaded. need it. Front loaded. Front loaded, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And with my son and with my daughter, um, especially with my son, Nathan, we've had a lot of um, hurdles that we've had to deal with. And I've spent the money up front because he was like, you spend the money now. Yeah. And then also, and this is for the parents out there, you know, my dad, you know, like I said, he really believes that where higher learning is right now, there are so many more uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it isn't like, say, when you and I were growing up, that I got to go to Stanford. Yeah. I've got to go to this Yale. Yeah. I've got to go to the four-year, uh, you know, school that's Ivy League. Like yes. as much as hey, for the parents that are saving for that, I I love it. It awesome. And for the kids that get to go there, great. But what the reality, at least in my family, mm-hmm. is is that I I'm not going to be able to afford that mm-hmm. type of school for them. Hey, if someone starts, you know, getting really good at basketball or yes. you know gets a scholarship, yeah. I'm I'm up for it. Yeah. But what um what I'm what I'm not going to do is, and this is, and this might totally not agree with a lot of parents out there. I'm not going to set my kids up with debt. There's, I yeah. will not do it. Yeah. And if you can't, if we can't afford a school for you to go to, yeah. then it's no different than when you're older, you can't afford that house. I yes. know you want the house 
house with the pool yep. and the nice backyard, but you can't afford it. Oh, you want the car? You can't afford it. What kind of lesson are you teaching someone if it's like, yeah, but I really want to go to this school, and, and but it's out of our price yes. range. And you're really going to set yourself up. I meet kids all the time at comedy clubs. They're $60,000 in debt. Oh, and that's, you know what, in this country? And I was like, what And I say that? in this country because in Canada, um, our college education is heavily subsidized. So you don't come out with tens of thousands of dollars of debt. But in this country where we do, we make it a very life-defining thing. Like, well, you know, where are you going to go to college? And kids being under this tremendous pressure, even, you know, right throughout their high school years. And honestly, like, unless you are going to, you are bound for an Ivy League school, meaning like your and grades I, and are I wanna off say, the charts. And I want to say, like, because I have a daughter that's, She's at a college prep school, yep. and that's her dream. And yep. she's working hard to try to go to a four-year university like that. Yep. And she's doing everything that she can. But I, I agree with you, Nay, in the sense that it, it this—that's another show. But there, it yep. really defines, you know. But it's hard though, because a lot of these kids, you know, even at my daughter's college, they're hearing prep school, it everywhere. Well, check it out. This is the thing that they do at their college prep school is while they're giving you your your. Uh, do, you know your high school diploma. diploma. They're they, saying they where announce you're going. where you're going. Yes, and then you know what else? They have they have college sweatshirt day oh, there, where dear. she had to buy a sweatshirt and walk around in it. And and I said, I want you to go for Belushi and just write college, just walk around. Seriously, yeah. And I was like, come on. Yeah, we have to start. I, I'm really actually disappointed in her school for doing you that. Know, I'm just gonna say that, yeah. but whatever. I just, I just think little... it's it's no, the kids are under already so much pressure. Yeah. And and honestly, you know, I'll just say, and I always say this. I went through it with my own daughter. Um, unless you are going to go to an Ivy League school and you can drop the H-bomb, like I went to Harvard, nobody is ever going to ask you where you went to school except in polite conversation because they don't know what else to ask you about. It's not going to be a defining but moment. But I, I do believe, though, that it's defining moments for doctors, lawyers, people in the, you know, people that for, are- For yeah. some, yeah. for some. Yeah. But I just don't think that we. it's not worth the pressure and it's not worth like, oh, okay, so now I've got this great job at, in, at this legal firm, but how many years am I going to have to work just to pay off the debt that Absolutely. I incurred? Absolutely. But to go okay. back to your question, to save the money- uh, I wish I could tell you that there's there's a bank account with a ton of cash in mm -hmm. it for them to go to school. There isn't. There's sure there's some money set aside, but I just don't know how. And the, the parents that are able to do it, I don't know how because it's like I've tried. I've tried to set aside that extra money, mm -hmm. but then it's property taxes. Yes. And yes. then it's this, and then it's and gas, I think that and there's value this, to you know. saying to your child, "Here's how much we've set aside. If yeah. you want to go to something that's more expensive yeah. than that, then we need to sit down and talk about what that debt would look like yeah. for you." How that's what we did with my with my daughter. So, I think that is important. Um, okay, cool. This is college. Next, whoo, another charged one. And this is where I was thinking when you were talking about your wife saying, you know, Karen being like, we're not going to be a rock and roll family because yeah. music to me is almost on par with this next okay. subject. Will religion play a part in his or her life? So, wow. and, I, and I think like just to kind of set this one up, I think a lot of us think that it's not going to be a factor when it's just us, you know, as an adult, as two adults in a, as a couple, when we can sort of be like, well, that's your deal and this is my deal and we can, you know, respectfully. And for some people, it is a big deal even in terms of your relationship. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, this stuff comes back in a big way when all of a sudden you're raising little people. This was one, this is out of all the questions you asked me, this was the only one that we had the conversation about. Okay. Wow. And um, how did that go? We, no, it went great. I mean, it was always a conversation. I mean, we had the conversation when we were dating before we were mm. married because, mm -hmm. you know, the question of getting married even was, why are you getting married? Why would why would we get married in a church? Right. Why would we even get married? Sure. Karen was very from that school. Like, yep. do we, you know, not that she didn't want to get married, uh, but, but it was like it, it, real simple, Italian Catholic upbringing. 
For you. For me. Yep. Uh, 100%. For Karen, not. Mm-hmm. It, there was some religion in, in her life. Uh, I, I feel that it was, um, it, was, it was a part of their life, but it wasn't, it was uh, Presbyterian, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, so pretty vanilla Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there, but there was, it wasn't a part of like a day-to-day thing. Yeah. And it just was, and she was never drawn to it. So structured religion like that wasn't yeah. a part of who she was. Whereas for me... I grew up Italian, Catholic. I went eight years uh, to uh, Good Shepherd, private Catholic mm. school, wore the uniform, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it was a thing. big part of your Nuns. life. Yeah, it was a big part of my life. And I always say like, I always say like religion for me, at least the Catholic religion for me, it's always been like the uh, if you went through your record collection, like you go back to those records sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I remember when I jammed this. Uh, what I brought up with her was, you know, when we have children... And we would go back and forth because I think in the beginning I was like, I, I was kind of just like, yeah, I was Catholic, they'll be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah, that's what we, yeah, that's what you do. Like I didn't yeah. really think about it. And and almost, and it was funny because before these people showed up, I had that attitude all the way till the moment I'm actually holding them and I'm like, wow, you know, they're actually here now. And how do I truly feel about religion or spirituality? And then it really hit me and it was kind of a convergence between Karen and I, where I was just wanting them to have some sort of connection to there's a higher power and a higher energy than yeah. what we so are. So a spiritual that that a, was yeah that was what's really that really connected me. And then what was funny was my son. There was a little nursery school when he was super young. There was like a preschool that he would go to that mm-hmm. was Catholic, mm-hmm. and for some reason he was really drawn to like that. Yeah, and then my daughter, on the other hand, wasn't drawn to any of it. Yeah, like she was in it and all that stuff. And then the thing that we kind of all collectively fell upon was um, um, a Buddhist center here in a in in like Silver Lake, and I think it's Silver Lake. And Karen, we'd all go there, and it was just it was it was enough for everyone in the family. Yeah, first the the time limit that we were there was enough for my daughter. Yeah, uh, what we were doing there. Uh, the meditation was something Nate could get his head around, yeah. and then the whole entire um, the whole entire experience was exactly what Karen was looking for. Yeah. It was a way to recharge. It was a way to have some, uh, you know, th- there was a lesson mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. and it was always a lesson everyone could understand and get their head around. And then for me, what I loved about it, it was just I like. Um, structure and tradition, and yeah. we're doing this once. Like it's a week. like a regular thing. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. like that. Like mm-hmm. we would go to that, and then we'd all eat, eat a meal afterwards. Yeah, and it would remind me of going to church, and then we mm-hmm. all come home and eat, you know, eat the meal. So it, it so un, unplanned. Yeah, it gave us all something. But I will say this: that uh, we knew after we had children, not mm-hmm. right away, but you know, a couple years into it, that. They start asking questions, and they and you don't have all the answers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we wanted to have some sort of giving, like you said, just an opportunity for them to kind of start exposing themselves to different ideas and different yeah. concepts and different religions. Yeah. But I really my my feeling is is that having a connection, some sort of spirituality. Yeah. It just it just it it kind of smooths out the the sharp edges of raising kids because everyone kind of gets recharged once a mm-hmm. week and is nicer to each yeah. other generally till about Wednesday night and then it all kicks back in <laughs> Thursday morning through the weekend and then you're back in there on Sunday yeah and you're like oh remember you know when mm-hmm. uh, you know the the monk said to us this and mm-hmm. you know the Buddhist monk said this and you're like hey you know mm-hmm. maybe 
Maybe you need to meditate. You know, one of the things I'll say is this: I, I, I'm so the the proudest thing I have about my kids is they is they both know how to meditate. Like I've seen my son, I'm like, what's Nate doing? And he's outside sitting Indian style meditating. That's and awesome. I'm like, oh my God, if I would have had that tool. Yeah, yeah. So and I go. love that, just re- referring to it as a, as a there tool. You go. Um, I'm just going to say one quick thing on this Got and it. not get too deep. Um, I feel like it's really important to um, not just have our kids go out into the world mimicking anything that we do, including our value systems, and that you know the the choice with both my daughters was um ideally expose them to a variety of different approaches to religion or spirituality and that when they are old enough they will be able to make a choice for themselves because religion is often about like how do we make sense of the world how do we you know what are the guidelines that we're going to use to be you know good whatever um and i don't think it can be sincere if it's just something that's like well like you said, well, my dad was Catholic, so I'm Catholic, or I'm Catholic, so my kids will be Catholic. I think that we should want to have our children engage with any sort of like spiritual practice or religion in a way that can be sincere. And if there aren't, is it, if there isn't more than one option presented to them, then it's really not a choice. They're just following by default. So something to think about. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. This is we've touched on this a little bit. Sex after baby. Um, and that was not one of her seven questions. It was something that she said as an example, like how many of these things, these conversation starters actually spared, like w- would have spared them some difficult times, some fights, some whatever. And she had said like, my husband, I could have avoided a lot of hurt feelings with my husband had we had a conversation and just agreed that, you know, for the first couple of months after the baby's here, probably not going to have sex. And I think that that's a really, really important um, topic to, to, to discuss so that again, back to that whole, like not taking it personally and, uh, just having understanding of like, where are we at and how do we, if, if the reality is it's going to be more difficult for us to have sex for who knows how long, what yeah. is our commitment to continuing to keep that as part of our relationship again? Cause the relationship just, is the foundation. Yeah. I just speaking for myself, I gotta, I gotta say that, that, that whole element is something that you have to work on. Mm-hmm. And, and for the couples that don't and for the people that you and your partner just cruise through it, I, 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 you know, I think that's amazing. But I got to just be honest that at least from my experience that it was, it was exactly what you said. Why isn't there enough left for me at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. And and it was because I didn't realize the emo- and this is this is just the way it was. It was the emotional uh involvement and the emotional emotional the emotions that were attached to and then when you get the second kid in mm-hmm. the mix, it even it even so at the end of the day so at the end of the day so at the end of the day to try to throw in this this now sure yeah can you throw in the like quickie absolutely okay and if that stokes you out then cool but I don't know man at the end of that you're still like all right someone's just helping me get through this yes, you know yes, and yes. I just felt as like opposed the, to it being an intimate connection. exactly and mm-hmm. I just don't know how it was so hard to like for me in the beginning to get my head around mm-hmm. that and I and I look back on it now and I and I I if I was to give any advice to anyone with their partner I would say you know. 
I understand sex is, it, I totally feel is such an important part of keeping a relationship mm-hmm. together because I mean, the bottom line is when you're intimate with someone and I say this all the time, you're just cooler to them. Yes. You're, the rest of the, like once again, you know, you're cool. You, you're intimate on a Friday. You, hey, you, oh, you want a coffee? Let me get you that. Yes. Hey, hey, by the way, I know you're out. Do you mind going by the store? I don't mind because you're like, we were intimate. Yes. And yes. You, you know what? And everyone's cool there with each other. There are endorphins that have been released and there's an oxytocin, oxytocin rush. And, and there's also, there's- Spiritual connection. Yeah, yes. I'm telling you. Yeah. I know I'm getting hippie on you guys, but it is a spiritual connection when you're intimate with another person and it bleeds into the rest of your day and yeah. the way that you treat each other and the way you talk to each other. And the less that that intimacy is there, guys, you start talking to each other like your roommates. That's right. Hey, can I get a coffee? And I don't behaving know. and behaving in general, you sh- like your roommates going through the motions. And it should never be like becoming a parent is like, though, this is our gig now and the marriage is going to be put on you, the shelf. And, and I know that some people, you fall into that. And I know some people are listening to the show right now, and I know that feeling. You're getting hot. You're getting hot face right now because you're like, oh my God, he is totally talking about our relationship right now. We totally drifted into this zone mm-hmm. that it's just on autopilot. We don't talk about having sex anymore. All of a sudden, this, I'll share this to you. You don't talk about having sex anymore. You start feeling sex is a little like, that's dirty. I wouldn't talk to her about that. And you're like, wait a minute, we made yeah. two people. Yes. You know, you're like, <laughs> this you're has like, worked for us. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the yeah. thing that, the thing that I would say is this, and I, it, you, Right now, you're at the gym on the Stairmaster. You're, you're working out. I'm telling you, my advice is you have to make the intimacy part of your relationship a priority. Yep. And Anaya always says that. And I know that that is so hard to, to, to understand. And I know that everyone's you know, wondering, and I've Googled it, you know, how much is normal amount of sex a week, you know? And, and sometimes it's like seven times. Like, who's that Come guy? On. Yeah, but, nothing else to yeah, do. But what, what I would say is this. For the people that just had kids, hey, just come on. It's a whole new game that you're getting into. So, you know, it's different. Mm -hmm. But always make it a priority and a piece of your relationship and keep working that part of your Mm -hmm. relationship because it's neat. Keep talking about it. Yeah. Keep expressing it. And even if talking about it is like, oh my gosh, like, and I know everyone's going to hate this, but I'm telling you right now, I'm a big fan of to do lists and I would lie to you if it hasn't been on the top of my to do list. (laughs) And Karen will be like, are you serious? Joe, don't leave the to-do list out. The kids can see that. I'm like, they, back when they were younger, I'm like, they can't read, you know? Uh, so I would just say that, you guys. Like, it's, you yeah, know, it's for important. Everyone, it, it is important. Yeah. And, um, but have that conversation, though. I think you should before. I know Karen and I, we never really talked about, like, I would just feel weird saying, hey, I know you're carrying my baby, but... Uh, mm-hmm. When can I get back in there? Yeah, you know, like yes. uh, I, I don't, I don't know anyone that would do that. But um, I think after a while you get home, and especially you know uh, going through a C-section. Yeah, that you know I couldn't. Yeah, it's even full imagine. blown. Yeah, full blown. So 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 anyway, the, again, once again, and, and we just keep talking about it. Last last question, and this okay. again was kind of like an add-on. It wasn't one of the is course this one of seven. Yours? Okay, is what about discipline? What is our plan for how we're going to discipline our children? And I think that this is really an important topic. Also one that we can only deal in hypotheticals before the baby actually comes. So a lot of these questions I think are actually like, yeah, it would be great if we could have these conversations, but so many of the answers are going to be hypothetical until you're actually in it. So it might be more but, beneficial to people that already have yeah, kids. Yeah. What I was going to say was what I love about what I love about all these questions is, is that for the people that have just had kids, mm-hmm. I, you know, 
sure, it'd be great to have this conversation before you have them, but let's face it, if you're sitting there with a one or two-year-old, yeah. you're still in the, it, yes. the plane just landed. Figuring it out, absolutely. You haven't even found your luggage. So, okay, so yeah. you can answer, <laughs> you can have all these conversations right now. So, absolutely. So this isn't a show for like, oh, if you haven't if, had just kids Just if you yet. haven't had kids yeah. yet, for sure. Okay, discipline, discipline. I, would, I would tell you right now, uh, that right there, out of all the questions you asked, I feel is the hardest one and it was for me personally to get on the same page with uh, with Karen with Karen because mm-hmm. you just Be- had different. Styles. I was from, yeah, I was from I was from I'm old you know I I don't like using that word old school because now it has such a term of like I'm stupid I'm mm-hmm. stupid I'm old school which you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. like um but I I was just raised like I was raised with you give someone a look they know not to do that mm-hmm. again you know I wasn't I was never spanked I was never slapped or anything mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. I never had physical mm-hmm. but I definitely had uh hey I said so yeah why why do I have to do that uh. Because I said so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way we raised our kids, conversation. I mean, both of these kids could be lawyers because they're, what about this? And I feel yeah. that way. And, and I know that that's great. And, and they're both really well-developed in that area. But I, looking back on it, I, you know, I had my way that I wanted to do it. She had her way. Right. Um, and I think they tend to go more to her. You know, for her, for, her, her style of discipline is that well, you know, or discipline, your kids seem to go more to her. No, I'm saying like, like they're, you know, I just, I didn't want to have to explain all the time why I said no. Right. And it was, you know, and now <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, we were, we which raised. Is, which I'm going to caution people against as much as that is our inclination is to just be like, because I said so, remember that whatever, this is the testing ground. This is the practice ground. So whatever you become, your children become accustomed to with you is what they're going to go out into the world and expect or, you know, whatever. So if you don't want your kids to accept like, well, because I said so from other people in positions of, of authority in, in their life, then then you it's important that you teach them, you train them while they're at home, that it's okay to ask questions and they should expect to understand why they're supposed to do something. Even if it means at the moment you're like, look, I, because I said so for now, and I'll explain to you when we have more time, because you don't always have 15 minutes to sit and do a like spreadsheet on all the reasons that they need to follow and your rules. what Anaya is saying because I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, she is absolutely right. And both of my kids, the thing I always say is like, sure, underneath my roof, it's it's one style of kid. When they're out in the world, mm-hmm. like I always say, just as long as when they're in society, they're cool. You know, I have yeah. people all the time and it's great when they say, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so was at, you know, Nate was at the house or Chester was here and boom, boom. And they were, they were so great. And they said this and they said that or something happened on the playground. And, yeah. and Nate was really, you know, out of all the kids, he really knew how to speak to the so-and-so yep. and find out what was going on. And, and, you know, this happened and so-and-so had empathy for that person. And when, yep. all, when they're telling me those things, yes. I just look at Karen and go, you were right. You're right. You're yep. right. Like, so, don't, so don't feel like you yeah. failed if you're not no. seeing signs of it at home. Exactly. Because what the, when they take it out into the world and you see evidence of it, that's really the but ultimate. I, but I'll say that that was, that was, out of all the things you talked about, I would say, out of the seven questions, I, you know, I, I probably wish we would have talked more about punishment, or not punishment, uh, what's the word? Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. How we were going to do it. Yeah. And one how- of the things that she suggests in this article that I think is really quite brilliant is the idea of sitting down. And again, this is for all of you listening, even if you didn't do this pre-baby, which how many of us did this, is sit down and write like three to five um parts of your own childhood that you, you know, really liked or really didn't like and figure out how those things are going to factor in to the way that you want to 
you know, discipline or, or just interact with your own kids. Like, you know, my husband was always made to do dishes. And, and so he hates that feeling of like, it was just expected. And, and that's his like least favorite chore. <laughs> but then there's also like my parents, there were things that I was always expected to like help out with, you know, things, everything from the five acres of property that we had and garden and stuff to stuff around the house. And as much as I hated it as a kid, I know that it gave me the work ethic I have today. Oh, totally. And so that informs what my expectations of my own girls because I want them to also have a great work ethic. Yeah. So I think that that's a neat exercise. In addition to the conversation or looking at these, what as it turns out, like nine questions, if you want to sit down and be like, okay, so what are the things from my childhood? What are the things from your childhood? And how are those all probably already informing how we're doing things? And do we want to make adjustments? How can we do better? Um, but the, it all comes back to like, keep talking about it. Don't go on autopilot, not with your relationship, not with your parenting, not in your relationships with your kids. Um, um, communication is everything. And and this is, rad parenting to me is really all about conscious parenting. And here's a great roadmap for having some excellent conversation that will help you to parent more consciously. As you were saying that, I kind of drifted off for a second and thought about all the <laughs> I'm stuff. I'm glad I'm so compelling. No, 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 not like I drifted <laughs> off like, oh God. No, I drifted off for just a second right now, like going, oh my gosh, like I don't know if I've ever talked about any of the things that we talked about today, like so openly. Ah. Love it. I know you really did share a lot today, which is good. Wow. I hope it doesn't for, come back for to our ha- listeners. Hope no. it doesn't come back to haunt me. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Send us some emails on this episode, no, please. I, we want to know what you think about Joe's shares today. No, I, 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 you know, not that I shared anything I'm not proud of, but uh, just yeah. I just feel that one of the gigs of doing rad parenting for you and I is because uh, we both being married, both having kids. I love the the space between yours too. And then I'm kind of right in the mm-hmm. middle. Like I'm right in the middle of it. Of I feel, two, yeah. I feel that if someone, you know, I would have been, I would have been super, um, I would have felt really good if I would have had a chance to listen to something like this while I was going through mm-hmm. it. And cause like I said, you know, you, you would ask questions to other people, or other parents, and sometimes you'd get an answer, but you never could just be alone and go, all right, I don't need anyone to know right now, but I want to find out, is it, you know, possible to talk to my wife about religion or, yeah. you know, talk to my partner about our sex life. Yeah. Like, Are we that, ever having sex again? Yeah. Is that cool to <laughs> ask? Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that Rad awesome. can do that. Uh, hey, want to let all of you guys know uh, one more time, the name of this article that we checked out was in time.com. The name of it? Seven things my husband and I should have discussed before we had a kid. Written by? by? Jancy Dunn. D as in dog, U-N-N, Dunn. And just so you guys know, we are going to try to reach out to her and uh, let her know that we totally did a whole show, an hour dedicated yeah. to her uh, article. article yeah. And uh, and who knows, maybe she'll hit us back and uh, you know, maybe we'll have her on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, just reach out. Okay, with that said, uh, keep the uh, emails coming in, radparenting at And Gino. the reviews. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we have like 82 reviews on iTunes, so the more that you guys can do, I know it takes a little while to do, but do some more reviews on iTunes because then we get further up on the on the top like five parenting podcasts, which is super, super cool. And also hit the emails to radparenting at gmail.com. One more time, text the word parenting to 313131 and you can be in touch with us and we will let you know everything that's going on in the Rad Parenting community. With that said, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bogue. And we're out of here. Late. Late.